here, and thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel, where we talk about everything and anything cannabis and hemp-related to make sure we try to give you the education you need while you're trying to navigate this really, really, really confusing landscape of cannabis that's out there making good decisions for your family. And today, I am so lucky to have two very special guests on Let's Be Blunt. They are the founders of the Florida Medical Cannabis Conference and Green Palms Health and Wellness. Jill, Jill Giles and Don Yarnell, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, Jill, why don't you tell us about what brought you to the cannabis space? I certainly will. Uh, about 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with lupus, and about 12 years ago, I started experiencing some of my worst symptoms, a lot of pain, inflammation. I had over 30 hospital stays within that period, and uh, the last hospital stay that I had, uh, I actually was sitting with, with my business partner and closest friend of 20, 35 years, Don Yarnell, um, and the physician looked at us and said, you know, you're going to die, and, and it might be because of the medications you're on. And Dawn began to do some research in cannabis, and I was adamant about not getting myself on any other drugs because I was very much against recreational drug use. And she looked at me and said, what do you have to lose? You know, I had just been told I had about a year or two to live, um, so what do you have to lose? And, and so that on, journey you began. Were, you were on, on a, a list of, of what we call Western medication that was probably as long as your arm, were you not? I was taking 40 pills a day that include steroids, opioids. Um, in addition to my, my already medication I was taking for the lupus. Um, and after I was diagnosed with lupus cerebritis, which is in the brain, I began to experience a lot more uh, drastic symptoms and uh, started the cannabis. And really started the cannabis um, a little naive uh, and just noticed that one day my seizures started going away. My pain wasn't as bad as it used to. And um, long story short, I don't take one pharmaceutical today. I'm in remission, and I strictly use the cannabis and CBD. And let, let's back up a little bit. I, I, I hate to make you relive this no. bad experience, but maybe if you could just share a little bit with our listeners, you know, the type of symptoms that you were dealing with. When you say lupus, you know, the, that can be a broad spectrum of symptoms. And at one point in time, you were literally slipping into grand mal seizures, correct? Absolutely. I was having about two to three grand mal seizures a week. Um, I had pericarditis, which is inflammation around the heart. Um, and I had the lupus cerebritis, or had been diagnosed with lupus cerebritis, which is inflammation in the brain, and had been given uh, a year to two to live. You know, obviously a lot of inflammation in my body, causing a lot of joint pain. Uh, and then just a lot of unexplained symptoms that doctors could never identify the why to. Um, but again, you know, had some great success. And today I was told I'm, I'm in remission. I haven't had a flare-up in over three years, I guess. Well, you know, I guess, and I would think that you, like me, and, and I, I share this mm -hmm. with a lot of people also since my diagnosis was OS, when I find out things that work for me, I try my best to share them with other people so that, you know, anybody living through the same situation I'm living through at least gets some relief that, or they can try what I've tried to see if they can get some relief. Is that what drove you to turning your personal experience with cannabis into a business? It absolutely did. Like I said, I do have a healthcare background, as does Dawn, my business partner, and we have a passion for education and patient care as well. So that's where the birth of the clinic came first, Green Pumps Health and Wellness, and we now certi certify, qualify, and recommend patients uh, at Green Pumps Health and Wellness. And the education really is my true love, and that's where that came from. And we realized very quickly that physicians in our area 
really even nationwide, they don't understand how the treatment is a benefit. And, and the stigma is still out there. And that's, that's really was our motivation for getting in front of the clinical audience. So because those clinical, uh, you know, the physicians, nurses, they're your first line of treatment. So we wanted to educate that line first. And Don, now, you know, you came to the table recommending cannabis to your friend. What made you want to do that to begin with? And this is, how many years ago did you recommend it? Oh, it's been about five years. Yeah, four. About five years ago. So five years ago, you know, we were just literally, I think, uh, had just consumed Dr. Sanjay Gupta's first special on cannabis, where he talked a lot about Rick Simpson oil and some other things, talking about, in Charlotte's Web, talking about the effect that CBD had on seizures. And I think that that's probably one of the pivoting points in America, you know, to the masses of making people understand that cannabis was much more than just a recreational drug, but literally a legitimate plant-based medication. But, you know, five years ago, you were like, you know, I mean, I got into this space 20 years ago, back in Mm -hmm. 2000 when I was diagnosed with MS. And, you know, I'm telling you from 20 years ago to 15 years ago to to five years ago, you know, you were kind of a voice out there uh, by yourself, were you not? Yes, we we felt very much alone uh, with the treatment of the cannabis. And originally, I started looking into the CBD because of her seizures. And then I started to see that this could help her get off of the opiates. And that is what the hospitalist had sat us down and said. You know, she's going to die because the amount of medications that she's on, not from the lupus uh, symptoms and medications that she's on. So when I first started to dive into this, I like to take the holistic approach. I... Um, Anyways, in general, that's that's how I look at things and clean eating. And um, so when I started to look into this and realized it could help her in more ways than one, I was getting excited about it. And I said, please start to open your mind to, to doing this. We didn't even have, um, you know, necessarily physicians or an education here in Naples about this. And definitely uh, her pain management doctor was not recommending at the time and did not have an education on how this could help her. So we were alone. And I mean, so, I mean, so how did you, from your own perspective, were you a recreational cannabis user back then, five years ago? Well, it started off that one week with with that approach. And then that's when we found Mm -hmm. that it was difficult to find physicians in our area. Um, and that's when we did find the physician. That's when we opened up our clinic almost at the same time. And what so, Florida passed, Florida must have passed a medical marijuana law or provision back then, right? They had just passed when we started to dive into this. So we were, we were literally educating the physicians and trying to eliminate the stigma and treat, treat myself all at once. So it was challenging, but exciting be- also. And so the two of you dove in very quickly yourselves, trying to <clears throat> educate yourselves enough to be able to share information with others. So you started first with the Green Palms Health and Wellness Center? Yes, we did. So we started to certify qualifying patients at the clinic, um, and that's when we realized there's so many physicians out there that really don't understand how to recommend or even refer to a clinic that is recommending. And that is where the uh, birth of the conference came. And let's talk a little bit about the conference. You put this together 
primarily for what reason? We put this together. We, we've been on a path to educate physicians and just bring awareness to patients overall. Um, and because we've seen patients live their best lives, physicians that are not aware of alternative treatment options are now starting to jump on board. Um, we have you know over 40 expert clinicians that we work with together now. But back in the day that we started developing this, I think our audience was about 60 people, and we've now grown this into a, a lar the largest conference in Florida with over 1,500 people. So we're very well, excited. We can let everybody know that the conference is coming up in Orlando, Florida, February 20th to February 23rd. Um, I thank you for the invitation. I happen to be speaking on the 22nd at your conference. Do you know what time yet? Uh, you are at 4 o'clock. We're saving the best for last. <laughs> well, I thank you so much. And, you know, I intend to, to just like Joe has done, and I, my intention at your conference is really to share a patient experience, but also to talk a little bit more about the fact that, you know, I, I think, and I think you ladies have had it right on the head. I mean, you've nailed this. Because not only is education about cannabis, you know, um, so, 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 so down on the agenda of most companies in this country, because most companies in this country, their agenda is more trying to, you know, very quickly see if they can, you know, be green rush, gold rush recipients and, and make as much money as they can without thinking about the fact that, you know, the demographic that they're trying to reach is afraid, in most cases, to even walk into a dispensary because they don't have enough education as to why. I, I spoke uh, a couple of weeks back at a event here in the Miami area, uh, which was a CBD kind of a dinner event where, you know, some people were showing people how they can infuse with CBD. And I will tell you that, you know, um, sitting in that room, there was maybe only 30 people. It was a very small, intimate setting, 40 people. And three out of the 40 people in that room knew that the federal government even had a patent on mm -hmm. cannabis that they've had for over 20 years. 20 years, uh, exactly. And, and delineating 100% in that patent abstract what our federal government believes the value and efficaciousness of cannabinoids are. And, you know, when you, you've got people who are coming out just because you know, they heard something about CBD, I think it's incumbent upon this industry to do as much as we can to educate, educate, educate. Correct. Because I think, you we know, couldn't agree more. you know, the more and more that, you know, the consumer demands the doctors will follow suit, and the doctors will then force politicians to write the appropriate legislation. And right now, you know, we've, we've, we've turned this into, you know, the gold rush of the, you know, the 21st century, which Absolutely. is going to stifle, you know, I think everything from medical research to stifle the advancement of this as a good holistic medication product that people could actually reach out to. I mean, I really believe that's that. And we see this, especially when you just saw, I don't know if you, did you, we guys, did you see the uh, legislation proposal for the state of New York to go um, what they're calling whack, but I call adult use. Have you seen any of the information about that? I have not. We've, fought, we've not followed New York very well, but interested. Well, I mean, you know, but New York and, and, you know, as New York goes, sometimes the rest of the country goes. And one of the, you know, the ideas is, I think, you know, and, and you know, Governor Cuomo, who was, who was always adamantly against 
cannabis for his own stupid reasons, and I will say it that way, but because of his own stupidity, has been against cannabis. Now, all of a sudden, is for cannabis only because he sees tax dollars. And, you know, the proposal right now on the table in New York is to tax this medication at 50%. Oh, my goodness. That's and when you just think about this, taxing at 50%, if New York gets away with taxing this at 50%, then Florida will try to do the same, Colorado, California, uh, Oregon. Everybody's going to try to follow suit and tax at a rate that's so literally, you know, uh, entry-level daunting that, you know, it's going to do nothing but go ahead and solidify a black market that we're going to all have to worry about the efficaciousness of the product coming out of that black market. Exactly. You're right. And, you know, that's one of the things that we quickly picked up on, and, you know, we hope that we're implementing it into the conference and our day-to-day operations is we do need to educate our legislators, our politicians. Um, you know, those are those are our lawmakers, and the people will vote, but then the language has to be written, and our laws need to be determined how they're going to be pushed down the pipeline, so to speak. And you know, you, like your, conference, your conference. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. So, so we do like to bridge the gap with the legislators and the physicians to be in the same room under one roof, so that they can get to know one another. And should the politicians want to stick around our conference and walk through the expo hall or sit down and, and review or listen to some of the presentations that the physicians are giving, um, I think that would be a great education for them. And it would also help bridge that gap with the physicians leading the legislators on what is needed for their patients. Absolutely. So now the conference is, again, coming up. The conference is going to be in Orlando, Florida. On it's the Florida Medical Cannabis Conference on uh, from the 20th of February to the 23rd in Orlando. Um, if you are listening in, of course, and you're in the Florida area, I'm speaking on the 22nd now at 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. So you know, please make sure you come in, not just for me, but come in for the entire conference because your lineup seems to be incredible. I mean, you've got some some of the forward thinkers and top doctors in the world that are literally going to be presenting at your conference, but. The conference is designed, have you already sold out? Are you getting people registering now? What's the anticipation of the number of people that you're going to have? And what's the demographic that you think you're going to see at the conference this year? Absolutely. Well, we are selling out quickly. Um, we anticipate having over 1,500 total. Um, we have an excellent expo hall as well for additional education. Um, but, you know, people can look forward to, our, our speakers are out of sight, just out of sight. We have a number one recommending position in the world. Um, and one of the things, if I could back up just a minute, Don and I attend every educational event in Florida and have for many, many years. And what we started to see was repetition, a lot of, you know, repeating the same information. So it was very important to us that we bring quality clinical information to the table, but different so that people are constantly learning and progressing in our ever-changing industry. Um, so we, we've done a great job, I think, at bringing some exceptional physicians in. The demographics, we, we do cater, I think, a little bit to the clinical side of the industry. We have a clinical background. But as we have grown, we've noticed that we now have a very heavy legal side, a very heavy um, uh, business side. So a lot of professionals looking to get into the industry are coming to our conferences. Uh, patients who are, are, you know, wanting to learn a little Cannabis 101, you know, where do I start? How do I start? Um, as well as, you know, people that are supporting the adult use program here in Florida. And we, we, we do know that Florida is leading 
in the medical program, and, and we have all the respect in the world for these attendees that are coming to try to push their movement through. You know, it's good that you're doing a lot of B2B information, but i got to tell you, one of the things that I've noticed now across the country, it's like, again, you know, the first Sanjay Gupta special, and he's done five of them, and a lot of people didn't even recognize in the very last one that he did, he, he actually did a mea culpa saying that, you know, he understood that he may have given the wrong impression. I don't know if you picked up on it yourself, but, you know, part of what I called him out on it and called him and talked to him about it because, you know, you know, it, it's great that he has kind of turned this industry on its head and actually gave us a, you know, a 100% left turn when he made people understand that there are other cannabinoids other than THC that are of extreme medicinal benefit. But, you know, one of the things that he failed to, I think, actually communicate as well as he could have was the fact that, you know, the founder, the person who discovered both THC, CBD, CBN, you know, THCV, and, and several of the other cannabinoids, stated unequivocally in his discovery that cannabis works in an entourage effect. And by us always isolating one or another out, you literally lose a lot of the benefit of the plant. Now, we know that there's benefit in CBD, there's, I mean, there's benefit in CBN, there's benefit in CBG, there's benefit in, you know, all of the, the variants of those, the CBDV, uh, THCA. And finally, I think, you know, in his last special, Sanjay stated in the last five minutes that he recognized that, you know, he may have been a little off, that there is a need for THC in some places and in some instances. And now we just recently have found out, you know, in the last month that some of the flavonoids in a particular strain of cannabis may have extreme implications when it comes to pancreatic cancer. And we've also understood that in the last two weeks that they've discovered yet again another two, two more cannabinoids, THCP and CBDP, that people don't even know exist. So, you know, one of the things that I, I think we've done a good job in a lot of the conferences focusing in on B2B information about how to get started in the business, but then we continue to just send out a single message on a plant-based medicine that we literally are just scratching the surface of. That's right. That is true. And, you know, to be honest with you, when we do speak to other physicians that are not recommending, that is what, that's what makes them nervous, is that we're still un, un, there's still so much to be clinically undeveloped, and we're the ones that are finding it, educating on it as it comes up. So I think that does make physicians nervous. Yeah, but, I think, you know, but one of the things that well, I agree with you when you say it makes them nervous, but from my perspective, there's not a doctor in this country that has should have the audacity to be nervous if they did what doctors are supposed to do, and that's study, continuing medical education. And had they been doing that, they would have known over 30 years ago the efficaciousness of this plan. Yeah. The information is exactly. out there. It's in peer-reviewed published documents around the world. All a doctor has to do is take his head out of the sand and read, do what they are trained to do. But, you know, so many doctors just, you know, literally are sitting back trying to figure out how they can, you know, partner up with somebody to get a little piece of the pie rather than take the patient off the battlefield. Right. And that's why we incorporated um, or allowed uh, general admission 
or patients come in to the physician education part, which is the main part on Saturdays, is because a lot of these patients are trying to educate themselves so that they can be patients um, and take this as medicine, and then they're taking the knowledge back to their doctors. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important for them to listen to doctors, because they are educating their communities and their physicians themselves. Great. Great. So you've already got about 1,500 people signed up. Talk a little bit about, you know, the breakdown of the conference. So we're on the first day on the 20th or 22nd, what's happening? 20. So we, yes, we come in on the 20th and we do a little bit of a thank you and give back for vendors. That's our vendor day. And we start bright and early Friday morning. Um, and like Don said, we start with a patient session um, that runs pretty much throughout Friday, but we also incorporate the physician session around lunchtime. So physicians have an opportunity to receive their CMEs and clinicians, their CEUs. We do the accredited educational hours as well. Um, we like to, you know, have fun and network and bring people together in the industry as well. So we, we start with a welcome reception Friday night and, you know, you'll be able to meet um, vendors, dispensaries, license holders, like I said earlier, politicians, legislators. Um, we had some uh, professional football players, hockey players coming. So it's just a nice time to network and get to know the people that are in the industry and some of, you know, some of the people on the top, some of the people just brand new to the industry. Saturday, we start very heavy with our clinical education. Our certifying um, uh, physicians will be uh, uh, presenting to other physicians and clinicians. And But on Saturday, we have three congruent sessions running at the same time. So our main session hall re remains very clinical, but then we bring in um, a legal component, uh, business and regulations. Um, we have a women in power panel this year that I'm so excited about because we have some pretty outstanding women um, coming from all over the country that will be sitting on that panel as well. Um, so, we, you know, we have a lot going on Saturday night. We wrap things up with a VIP and some introductions to you and some of our other um, celebrity staff, our celebrity speakers that we're excited to welcome. Um, and a nice, uh, we have a band playing, so we have a nice little wrap-up party on Saturday. Now, one thing we're doing differently this year, and I'm very excited about this, we partnered with a company called Career Extracts, and we're bringing a career fair uh, to the conference. So that will be held on Sunday, and that's just an opportunity for people to come and learn about resume writing, how to interview um, you know, different aspects of the industry and the space that we're in. How do they get into that? So we're excited for that as well, and we're bringing a whole new market to that event. Well, that's great. That's great. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about some of your headliners. You have uh, Dr. Ira Price that's going to be there. Talk about Dr. Price. Mm -hmm. Dr. Price is a Canadian physician and is the number one recommending physician in the country with over 90,000 patients. Um, we also have a physician, Dr. Richard Boxer, who served on both the Clinton and Bush administrations as medical advisor. Um, my goodness, any that you can think of, Sean? Well, we have Dr. Rosado, who's also been speaking nationally, mm -hmm. um, and Dr. Greg Gerdman and Dr. Corey Birchman. So, um, with Dr. Michelle Weiner, which is a big advocate in the state of Florida and very well known. Yeah, we've, we've had Michelle on uh, the podcast, and Michelle yeah. did an incredible job. Absolutely, she's a wonderful, wonderful physician. And you know, you haven't had Greg on yet. We have Boo Williams. Uh, he's played for. Oh my goodness, I'm going to mess up this team. The Saints. <laughs> the Saints. Uh, <laughs> Nate Ukas was a, a professional football player, so, and and that have been in the industry and had some success of their own. Um, uh, Rob Shrimp, who played for the National Hockey League. 
um, and many others. We have over 40 speakers this year and panels. We're very, very excited. Wow, that's really good. Absolutely. So, you know, what's your hope for the conference in the future? Taking it national? We are. We actually launched Texas in uh, September. And our, our ideas and our goals are really following the state and their laws as they begin, begin to go from, say, a compassionate care state to a medical state. That's the timing that we want to get into the state when the voters are wanting it, you know, the people of that state. So we'll be going into different states. Um, and eventually becoming a national conference. But I will say that we do bring a pretty heavy national crowd to the Florida uh, conference now, and, and a lot of people do see Florida leading the medical the medical market in cannabis, and uh, I do think that Florida is going to continue to advance in the program in the cannabis space and eventually grow into an adult use uh, space. And even when it does grow to an adult use space, one of the things I really try to make sure people understand is that adult use means that you give people the right to make a choice about what it is they want to seek out for, you know, this thing that everybody seems to complain about, a euphoria. But mm -hmm. I would say that every adult state really, or adult usage state, is nothing more than expanded medical usage state because people who make a choice to go to cannabis over alcohol and over other things Almost all of them have some sort of underlying medical reason, even if they won't admit it themselves, that they actually correct. reach out to cannabis for. Oh, correct. Okay. And, you know, although we, we do maintain a, a fairly clinical platform, we support the adult use program 100% because, you know, remember, supporting adult use or home grow is still supporting regulation. And it's critical that cannabis be regulated so that it can maintain that quality and medicinal benefit. So, you know, as an organization, we hope that the world will kind of finally see the, the plant for the miracle it is rather than putting faith in so many deadly and dangerous pharmaceuticals. Absolutely. But one of the things that bothers me so much right now, especially at a time when, you know, this industry has turned into this, you know, let's see how much money we can make, you know, especially from the state regulators' standpoint, you know, it's pushing – Literally, those people who are trying to do this legitimately and above board and you know, do it with the authority of, let's say, state licenses, it's making it so daunting for them to run a business. It's actually reinforcing a pretty hefty black market. I mean, you take a look in California right now, most people feel that the, you know, the black market in California really represents 65 to 75% of the entire industry. Because, you know, they've made it so, municipalities have made it so daunting for individual businesses to flourish that, you know, the black market is back as robust as it ever has been. Agreed. How do you think we get around that? Again, I think that, you know, we have to support our, our legislators and talk with our legislators, more importantly, you know, and explain, and what, I'm backing up a little, we had a wonderful legislative pan panel last year, but it was so great to see them flip their opinion from a very conservative stance to wrapping their arms around the medical program. So now our challenge is let's now wrap their arms around the adult use program. And I think one of the things that we need to continue to drive home with our, our lawmakers, you know, is that um, we do support adult use, but home grow and adult use is it it needs to be regulated, and, and it doesn't mean we're bringing a black market product that could potentially be, you know, laced with toxins or other, you know, bad chemicals 
we're supporting a regulated adult use market. And that's been a challenge for our, our, our legislators to wrap their heads around, I think. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about Green Palms Health and Wellness. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Now, that's not only a center that people can go to to get their recommendation, but they can go to to get advice on what to buy or uh, how do you, you set that up? Okay, yeah. So one of the the uh, one of our doctors that we have now is Dr. Paul Weissman. He is very experienced in helping patients um, once they get started, and if they haven't found their their route or their methods that they prefer, or they're still confused, um, he will he will pick up the phone and he'll he'll speak to them on a regular basis if they need to, or email with them. What it is? What have you taken? Go ahead and send me your journal, and let's try to figure this out together. He has that approach, so that is why we love working with him specifically. Um, so it is about having that conversation. I know we put it in the patient's hands because only they know how they feel with the uh, route that they've chosen to take, and then from there, why aren't you getting relief? Let's figure this out together. And we, we heavily educate on the dispensaries and the products and, and what delivery routes are out there. Obviously, one of the biggest questions is how much do I take? How often do I take dosing, so to speak? Um, and that's challenging because it is a little bit of trial and error, and every person responds differently. So we spend a lot of time on educating and, and encouraging people not to give up, but to con continue to stay the course um, until they get the relief they need. I mean, I think it's it's no different. A lot of people just, they, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand the fact that when it comes to cannabis, we throw our hands up in the air, but when you yeah. walk into a doctor's office and they prescribe 100 milligrams of some form of opioid, you're throwing your hands yeah. up in the air. And sure. that is why the education component, yeah, and that's why the education component is so, so important because we, we've learned to accept opioids. We've learned to accept these dangerous uh, uh, medications or pharmaceuticals uh, because we trust our physicians. So it's, it's imperative that we continue kind of our forefront to educate the physicians because our patients listen to their physicians. They need to trust their physicians. And, and I had a patient, you know, 87 years old, and he had said to me, Dawn, it's, it's no different than going to your doctor and being managed by them on uh, the medications that they have, you know, signed me up for. I still have to go back to them and regulate how I'm taking it, how much I'm taking. Okay, so doc, this medicine didn't work for me. What's next? He said it, it feels the same to me anyways. So, you know, that kind of definitely alleviated the fear and the hopes that I have for patients to overcome um, and other physicians to overcome, you know, being weary on or not knowing how to help their patients, you know, with exact dosing. They get really nervous about that because in Florida, they are recommending; they're not prescribing. So there's that, a little well, bit any, of a, any, st any state across the country uh, where there is a medical cannabis law in a place, doctors are not allowed because of the federal law, mm -hmm. you know, restricting mm -hmm. cannabis still and making it illegal, making it a Schedule One drug. Doctors are not allowed to write a prescription in any state. Every state has a recommendation process where you can, in some states, require a written recommendation, but it's a recommendation process. Correct. Right. So there's a there's a loophole there too. It, it is it's about educating the physicians so that they feel comfortable enough recommending um, to their patients how to get started. And right now they're just leaving it open 
to the patient, you know, um, learning online or going to the dispensaries um, and learning from and, the staff. And, and, you, and, and you know, a lot of times in these dispensaries, and I'm not knocking a lot of us that are in this business, but we don't necessarily hire some of the highest educated people to make recommendations to a customer. And we say that all the time, and a lot of times they're a a younger group of people who uh, might have more of an adult youth mentality, but for people like us that are primarily treating senior adults, probably 95% of our patients are senior citizens, and a senior citizen's taking a recommendation on a product or dosing from a dispensary person, you know, that can be very dangerous. You can get up in the middle of the night, fall and break a hip, so those are things we're concerned about. Um, you know, when treating and, and why we think education is really the most important, you know, uh, factor in this cannabis space. And thankfully, oh gosh, I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want it to happen, but I, uh, it has not happened as much as I thought it would with the with elderly taking it for sleep um, or having cancer and then taking it for sleep and um, they get up and fall. And that's when most elderly patients mm-hmm. fall and are rushed to the hospital is in the night when they wake up. So I'm surprised and I'm elated that they are not falling and they're not getting hurt. Um, they're taking it responsibly. But that is a fear that I had originally, is if they take a little bit too much or they can't sleep and they go in for that second dose, um, that is not where they get into trouble. <laughs> yeah, they go in for that second dose, not necessarily recognizing the fact that the first dose may not have completely set in yet. Exactly. 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 We have had that a couple of times. So. We have had that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, well, you know, I think again, going back to the first thing that we were talking about in education, um, right. I think I've I've heard, and you know, again, I live in Florida now, and uh, being a part of the, the state, you know, I've been trying diligently to get more involved in uh, the entire community um, here in Florida and. You know, one of the things that I think is going to basically, Florida is going to show the rest of the nation the fact that our probably our probable biggest demographic headed into the next ten years are going to be baby boomers. People don't understand that baby boomers are the ones that started this whole movement anyway forty years ago. And baby boomers that started this movement 40 years ago are the ones who literally are now legislators who remember, oh, I did a little bit of that when I was in high school. I'm still a successful person in the world. And so, yeah, why should not other people have this as an option? And you take a look at places like Israel where, you know, uh, cannabis is a geriatric drug. When you hit the age 70, you can go down to any hospital and sign up and you automatically get a prescription filled because – you are 70 years old, and it's helping them reduce the prescription medication that senior citizens are on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. You know, and you have a retirement. Yeah, this is a retirement state where a lot of people come to retire, and, you know, that's the baby boomer generation that's coming down here. And, you know, they would be, I think, will end up being the largest demographic of buyers even if this goes recreational, not or goes adult use, not the 18 to 24 or 18 to 34 that most people think that there's, you know, the, the premium demographic that has the least amount of disposable income. That's correct. Yes. I agree with that 100%. Um, 
And, you know, I'm, we are hopeful that we get on the same track as countries like Israel um, when it comes to the cannabis space here in Florida. And, you know, you've referred to people trying to get into the industry, too. You know, this industry, it's not for the weak. Um, you have to have that passionate heart and that drive. And, um, you know, I always like to say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So it is a great industry, but it certainly is for those that um, have a little bit of a passion in their heart for, for this, this space. Oh, it's definitely challenging. I think we were just having a conversation earlier today with some others talking about the fact that uh, the industry just seems to have reset itself in the last couple of months, you know, uh, back to about three years ago. I mean, when the industry, or four years ago, when the industry got this boost from, you know, Sanjay Gupta's special, everybody went nuts. You know, we had all these companies jump out here and go public with evaluations that were just made up way higher than they should have been. And now the industry is basically throwing a little monkey wrench in there and said, wait a minute, let's get this thing together the right way. And I think exactly. this is now a brand new Wild Wild West, brand new reopening where you know there's plenty of opportunity out here if, in fact, you are coming to the table for the right reasons. Right, absolutely. Um, and it's like I said, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but you know I think the industry does at some point does need to reset itself because we are ever changing, and we are, like you said earlier, we are learning new new things daily almost. You know how can the medicine benefit and why. And what components of the, of the plant are benefiting certain uh, illnesses or diagnosis? Um, so, it's, you know, it, it's, it's imperative that we continue to, I guess, dredge forward and, and educate our patients, our doctors, our, mm -hmm. our professionals, everyone. All eyes are on the cannabis industry right now. They really are. They want to know the successes. They want to know any complications that arise. They, they're watching. Absolutely. So what are you, you know, thinking, thinking that way? What do you see... Be a crystal ball for me, both of you, and what do you see in the next three to five years? Um, well, personally, I, I, I do see Florida and the United States becoming fully legal. I do think we'll get a great um, adult use program, um, you know, and again, a very regulated adult use program so that we can, we can make sure that these products are, are quality and medicinal. Uh, but it's my hope, it's John's hope, that the world will kind of finally see the benefit of the plant. It's, it's a miracle plant, and I can say that, you know, personally. Um, and, you know, I, I literally, every day I have people say, I, I can't believe how well you're doing. And, and there's times, you know, Dawn and I laugh, I'll get in the car, I'm like, I just feel so good. You know, when you lose that quality of life for so long, you know, wrapping your head around what it feels like to be healthy is just, I'm getting goosebumps right now, it's overwhelming. So we will, we want to bring that to the whole United States, and that that's our hopes for the cannabis industry for people to experience what we've experienced personally, um, to experience it themselves. How are you feeling about that, Don? Same? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I definitely feel that, like I said, all eyes are on us right now, and I I definitely see that legislators will open their minds and start to speak to physicians more. And uh, we welcome them to come to our conference to listen to these uh, expert cannabis physicians speak. And let's make sure people know out there again, if you're in the Florida area, especially in Orlando, that the Florida Medical Cannabis Conference is going to be held from the 20th to the 23rd in Orlando. So make sure you get out to, you know, participate. And if people want to get more information, what do they have to do? They can go on uh, medicalcannabis.com forward slash about, forward slash. And uh, this is a CME accredited conference. 
That's correct. correct. Yes. That's this correct. Is your, yes. This is your fourth year. Yes. It's our fourth year, and we're we're at the beautiful Gaylord Palms this year. So we're just excited about that whole experience in itself. Um, it is a family-friendly um, uh, event. Uh, physicians bring their children and their wives or husbands, and um, you know we encourage that to happen because we you know we want we want this to be an accepted um, treatment pathway for all, um, and it become you know something that families do together, healthy, and the right way. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to add to our listeners? Let them know about it before we, uh, we have to go. Well, no, we're just we're excited. We're bringing no. you Montel Williams to our platform. We're because the of, first to have you, yes. Montel, in Florida. Yeah, we're really good. excited about this. We're excited because of your own story. And, um, you know, it's people who struggled and reinvented their lives. That we, you know, we're a kind of country that loves second chances. Um, so this industry kind of goes along with that. And we like to watch this miracle blossom and people reinventing their lives and that's what makes the biggest impact so we're super excited to share the upcoming event and with such an outstanding leader in the industry and in our movement and montel the uh, website that they go to is actually www.flmedicannabis.com okay you heard that say it one more time okay uh, www.flmedicannabis.com uh, so I got to tell you, I am so happy to have had Don Yarnell and Jill Giles on Let's Be Blunt with Montel today. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. Thank you thank for you having for everything us. You do. Absolutely. And I want to make sure all listeners understand again, the conference is on February 20th to the 23rd. It's the Florida Medical Cannabis Conference. And you can go up online and find out more information if you want to make sure you can participate in you know, I want you to keep tuning in to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. We're going to try our best to continue to bring you some information and education on something that will help you and your family. Make sure you tune in to the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel.